Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. You're here. This is uh, that's the a Craig good cast. Idea. The Craig. Welcome to the Craig Cast, starring Craig, Craig, and Craig. I'm your host, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> if you record podcasts on Discord, you know what I'm talking about. Um, all right, let me do the intro real quick. Uh, amazing a way to annihilate people. <laughs> yeah, if you know how to record podcasts on Discord and to use the same bot that I do, and also you are on the selectbutton.net forums, but not today because it's really hard to get to the forums now, then you know what I'm talking about. Extra click. <laughs> wow, an extra click. You have to log back in. Thanks, April Fool's joke, for making me log out. Jesus. <laughs> oh, I logged in over here. <laughs> well, there you go. Now you know. You have to log in to get it. <laughs> you have to log in. Yeah, now the Twitter band <laughs> welcome to co-op button a podcast where matt and i talk about stuff for like 15 minutes at a time or sometimes longer i'm your host (laughs) we have a really consistent pitch that's my elevator pitch um, I'm your host, Vasilkania, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend. Matt, apparently. Matt? Yeah. Milkman? I don't Craig. know. Craig. Craig's here. <laughs> Which do you do you do you want me to use your screen name? I just I just got so used to calling you Matt. I don't care. Alright. Use it interchangeably. That's the best way. Alright. I'm joined by my friend Milkman. Milkmat. <laughs> And and we were just talking about stuff, and we realized that we weren't producing anything from it, so we started recording. There's <laughs> no point in doing anything if there's no end product. Um, do you want to start? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to start the official co-op button timer? No, because first you should tell people the music that was in the oh, last. Oh yeah, let's. I'm going to start doing that at the end of the episodes. I think. Oh, sorry. No, no, I mean like. But I have to record, like, I'm going to record it afterwards. So that way it's a little note at the end. But for this very last episode, the music that I used was, I'm going, I'm getting it. It was like Fandango and some streets. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Oh, gosh, that's right. I don't think I did the uh, that in the outro either. Episode five had the streets of SimCity for the intro, the main theme, and the outro was Grim Fandango. Uh, Casino Calavera and then last episode episode 6 the intro was um, a remix of KK Synth which you can find on uh, YouTube by Halley Labs and the outro was from East 2 uh, the music was Ice Ridge of Noltia and it's from the perfect collection East 2 special arranged version I don't know what any of that means I just found it on YouTube it's good music though to really, you should go listen to it. You should go listen to the episodes so just so you can hear the music. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. That's that's my housekeeping. But next time, I'll just make a note at the end so we don't have to do it anymore. Okay. Cool. cool. Whatever. Yep. <laughs> I should suggest some music. Yeah, you should suggest some music because you've got we've got similar tastes in video game music. Although I don't think we have similar tastes in like other music. Really? Actually, I don't know. I feel I like we do. All the all your suggestions, I've been like, this is a this is a banger. I just don't. I don't know that much music really when I think about it. Like, can you name a few bands you like? Um, let's see. What have I been listening to lately? Been listening to a lot of music from 
Howley Labs, a lot of like really, I don't even know what the the genre is. It's like super hyper EDM. It's like old school techno or drum and bass or something. It's fucking amazing. That's I what I've been listening to. Never heard it before in my life. So I don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> you na- Name a band you've been listening to recently. Oh God, I only listen to the same stuff over and over. Um, <laughs> but I must listen to podcasts anymore. Um, um, I don't know. Authority Zero. What's Authority Zero? They're a uh, new age punk band that will mostly punk, but I mean, they'll jump to other styles and stuff, but they're good. Nice. Well, they strangled my roommate once. It was a good time. You did what to your roommate? Strangled him. Oh my God. <laughs> well, no, so. So we're in the front row rocking out and then like the cord goes out into the crowd and then the lead singer crosses the stage and my roommate's trying to get the cord off of him. But before he can, it like crosses right over his neck and he's going, (laughs) and then you can see the lead singer break composure for a split second because his eyes go bug wide and then he rips the cord off of his head and then at the first bar break he can while he's singing just pulls the mic away and goes sorry man and then gets right back to it it was <laughs> the best concert moment ever that that fucking rules <laughs> that's incredible <laughs> which well it's truly is now in a metal band and whenever i bring up a 30 series like oh yeah the band who strangled me that's not metal <laughs> Oh, so he's been strangled by multiple bands. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that rules. Well, I'll send you a, a set. I'll send you a, a a nice set, and you can listen to it and go, this is ridiculous. And what I'll listen to something. instead of vinyl now? Set. No, no, it's a set. Like, it's a DJ set that um, she did of her own music. Um, I'll, I'll send it to you. You'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. I'll link okay. to it in the description of this, too, so you can... Uh, if you're listening, you can go listen to some ridiculous techno or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know words. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, yeah, now I can listen to Authority Zero. I have something to listen to while I'm working. Yeah, if that's that might not be great work music because it's all, you know, lyrics and banging. Well, you'd but, be surprised what I can ignore. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind uh, of good music. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Uh, <laughs> All right, so we got our our traditional name and album uh, intro out of the way. Do you want to, do you want to start our timer now? Uh, sure. So we're going to be talking about open world games from the last generation, which PS4 ish. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because the Xbox yeah, One not? existed. I don't know if anyone cared. I know um, I did not. Yeah. Especially now with the new one, like if you have a PC, there's no point. Um, Pretty much. So, um, you were talking about Shadow, Shadow of War. War, yeah, which is the Lord of the Rings Orcs Murder Simulator Two. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. That's right. The Orc Murder Simulator Two. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, and I had a I had a good time with it, and it but it had the same open world problems that most games do, that most of these do. It had lots of icons on the map, and it wasn't clear what was valuable versus what wasn't, and I had to sort of internalize certain systems. And it was still much lighter on that than a lot of the open world games I have played. Like I've, you know, tried to play what's the last Assassin's Creed game I tried to play? I don't remember, but there's just too much crap going on. I'm like, I don't. I don't care about any of this. <laughs> like Shadow of War was way more targeted and it still had the problem of like being like you have to have a goal all the time and like there are all these weird like memories and stuff about things I just simply don't care about. So but that you were talking a bit about Horizon Zero Dawn, which I haven't played at all. Oh yeah. Well before I jump to that, I'd say I played the um the first of whatever it was, not Shadow, Shadow of War. So Yeah, Shadow of Mordor. Okay. You could tell it made a big impression because I came out. <laughs> right. Um, which, it's a fun system, but it didn't give you reason to like, care, really interact with the system. They're like, this orc died, so now this orc has this thing. And it was just kind of like, okay, it's cool you made this whole system, but like you could have just thrown random orcs with abilities that were just signposted somehow, and it would have been about the same effect. Like the mm-hmm. whole big clinch that game didn't actually make a good game around they just had the system so i don't know if they did anything better within the next one so oh yeah they the did a one. lot better they did a lot okay. better in shadow of war like the systems are are really key and in fact i would say that because I, I played shadow of mordor a couple of years after it came out i guess and um it it I don't use this this phrase lightly. It sent me into a depression. <laughs> like I was I was honestly like questioning my ability to enjoy video games after I played that. Um and the second one. Yeah, and I played the second one anyway. It was on sale. Uh <laughs> but no, I, I really wanted to play the second one because one of the folks on the, the select button forums actually worked on it pretty significantly. And he's oh. like just the second one though. Um mm-hmm um oh god what's his screen name oh fuck busted busted astromech um cool cool. yeah so so i you know i kind of wanted to give it a chance anyway and it's honestly like going into it with a little bit of a different attitude and the fact that you don't start in mordor with you know just garbage everywhere makes a big difference but i just went into it with like the attitude of i'm gonna understand the systems and i just love the orcs and and that really kind of came well, through too I, I, a problem it is a problem it is a weird thing but the orcs are the the focus of the game so much that like you have to learn about them to be able to find their weaknesses and then when you meet them they give you all these interesting lines like based on what you did or what you've done to them or the last time they killed you they'll, they'll they have just so much voice acting and it's clear that the developers love the orcs too and that's kind of you know going into it with that attitude gave me I got about 10 to 15 hours of joy out of that before I was just like, I think I'm done, but it was worth it. Um, but yeah. the systems are much more integrated into the gameplay. Like you are targeting specific orcs so that you can advance your own orcs through that system. And you are, you know, sabotaging their, you know, little events like feasts and, you know, battles and stuff. You can make the orcs that you've taken, you can kind of, target them at other orcs too so there's a whole meta layer of strategy that wasn't in shadow of mordor um yeah i thought it was 
Yeah, I thought it was a good $15 game. Like, it's not the kind of thing I want to spend 70 hours in, but it was great <laughs> to spend a few hours in. <laughs> so, which is not, so, I mean, it's just not for me. I'm not, I, you know, I've, I've talked about this. I'm not the AAA gamer. So I know when I see a game that it's not a $60 game for me. There's a um, YouTube show if there ever was one. The AAA gamer? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, I enjoyed it, though. Well, and what I think what's interesting about that game as far as it being an open world game is the open world stuff is mostly around the ability for you to run up on things or for them Mm -hmm. to run up on you. And the lack of a level structure makes those fights more dynamic and exciting because the the, um, terrain isn't always set, but it is always a factor and you have to deal with it in the moment. You can't do an Arkham City, you know, like pre-plan of everything or the metal gear three european extreme you have to know the level in now to get through (laughs) it's dynamic in a way that makes it fun to play because it's very much a game in that sense that's the best part of that game series 100 yeah i really like playing around with the terrain and and you do get to know parts of the map and the and the one of the great things that shadow of war does is has lots it has like five or six smaller maps and so you are moving around from map to map. You get different, you know, vistas. It's a lot greener in a lot of different places. And the, the first one is all gray and ash and shit. Um, so yeah, yeah. The, but the train is, is very much a character in, in its own right. Like New York City and in, in Sex and the City. You know I hate that phrase, right? <laughs> or were you just... Sex and the City? No, no, the 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 <laughs> terrain is a character. Like <laughs> the the terrain is an important part no, of. It's an important facet you're to, get saying, to understand. You're saying a total <laughs> idiom. I, it's just one that like bothers. I've never me. heard that before. That's funny. I thought I was being original. Shit. No, like like the land is a character, or like when people are talking about Batman, they're like Gotham is its own character. Oh. Like, um, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that is that is annoying. Yeah, I'm yeah. like setting is important and great when it's done right. That's great, but it is not a character. It is a setting, and there's a lot of different things that go into writing a good setting, and not a good character that are different. And uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. Oh no, it's okay. It's just a total dumb pet peeve. But... <laughs> no, I understand now. I have the pet peeve now. You've transmitted it to me. <laughs> good. That's that's the goal. Um, yeah. So. I think I'm going to go long because um, we're at fine. seven minutes left already. Um, oh yeah, hit me. So when we started this, it was because I was saying the best open world game of last gen is horizon zero dawn and i'm saying that as a huge spider-man fan and to me i most people i know say spider-man is like the biggest like open world game and one of the biggest games and it's a darn good game big game of the last generation mm-hmm. but i also might be skewed because my the people i talk to on a regular basis online are very spider-man focused so that might be the problem uh, <laughs> But Spider-Man is a great game. But I mean, as far as it being an open world game, it's very polished. And one of the best things it did is pretty much limit its collectibles and things you do on the side. Like there's a chunk of them 
but it's a manageable chunk, which is what made it the most 100% game of all time. Right. <laughs> also, the fact that you didn't have to do everything in the game to the hardest extent to 100%. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, di- yeah, difficulty levels. Anyway. Well, not just the difficulty levels, but like there's some challenges you don't have to do to get 100%. Which oh, is interesting. I like it. Um, I like it, but that's weird. Um, it's, it's Donkey Kong Country. You could get 102%, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't that 64, too? Like, there was 100 and something. Um, yeah, there was a secret banana or something that you had to... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be... There. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying Horizon Zero Dawn is the more successful and more innovative open-world game that if people take to, I think, actually will do more a i mean the game i think had more in it at the end of the day but it was a lot better about splicing out so if you're worried about the story and the side stories it was really good about marking that versus challenges versus other things which most games mark but everything becomes so muddled at some point that it's almost indecipherable unless you're really hunting and pecking the icons right whereas whereas horizon zero dawn had more it felt manageable like spider-man which was big so i think that was something a lot of developers realized was like you're saying with assassin's creed there's just a certain point where there's so much barf on the map that it takes away (laughs) from everything because it just feels like a litany of whatever and when you do the eighth tower it takes away from the three that are relatively unique yeah yeah exactly And so by limiting the amount of content you put in the game, it actually makes the content sing more because it all stands out more. And then a new playthrough is more valuable, and then you have a stronger impression of the game. So I think that came through. But the other thing is there's a lot of like problems with like fast travel in and like forcing you to want to kind of traverse. And I did use fast travel from time to time in Horizon Zero Dawn, but it was mostly only in the late game when I was going back to certain sections to do, you know, wrap up some side quests or do some other things. It wasn't just jump back and forth between the game. And that's because the game used your progression through the land a lot more intelligently. And the fast travel points were only to go through large swaths of land. Even using the fast travel, you still had to hoof it a fair chunk of the way. And by using fast travel, you know you're giving up stuff you'd find along the way. Or the chance to find like items and secrets by taking a slightly different path. That's intriguing. I like this. the game makes you want to play it and enjoy it and go through because it's, it's not another, you know, cash loot box somewhere, but it's like an item or a unique thing or a really cool moment, like traversal thing, maybe, or something like there's just a lot of little moments in the game that are great for that. Yeah. And it did a lot. And also the enemies are a lot more dynamic, so it's the best bow and arrow game made. Oh, dang. That's that's high praise. Because there's some good bow and arrow games. <laughs> are there? Like, uh, well, are... I don't know. I feel like uh, I really like shooting the bow in uh, Breath of the Wild, but you didn't like that game. 
No, but I can see that. And it is good in that game. It's good in Tomb Raider. But in this, like, it's your weapon. And so they do a lot to, like, do different arrows and whatnot. Mm. And what's interesting is, like, the bow mechanics aren't so different from most other games. What it is is when it hits the enemies, it matters. So, like, if you're really focusing on a shot or doing a bit of, like, a three-arrow thing or whatever, like, Mm -hmm. it'll depend on your enemy because they have armor plating that will like fall off and then you can expose weak points or you can just say fuck it and just like rail on them for a while or use some elemental stuff or just like get into a melee real quick for some of them and it's like but there's a bit of like style and positioning and whatnot and so it's yeah it's it was taking advantage of that like thing that you naturally fall into in skyrim where you're you see some enemies, you duck, and then you start shooting. <laughs> <laughs> and I like it. And what's really big about that too is the difference in difficulties um, for the PlayStation, especially, was mostly a change in auto aim. Where I was playing on normal, and I had a friend playing on hard. And for me, I was like, oh yeah, for the big guys, you know, um, they're all like robot dogs or whatever. And they have this big red eye that's the front of their face. And if you peg that right, they go down in one shot. And I'm oh, like, wow. yeah. So you just, you know, you peg them and they go down. He's like, I'm playing on hard and the auto aim isn't there. So I can't just do that. If I was playing with a keyboard and mouse, I could, but on a controller, I can't yeah. do that. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's fascinating. That's interesting. So, like, oh, I, I, yeah, I kind of like that. Like, what was I? Oh, yeah, I, I was gonna say, what game have we been playing that I have an auto aim problem with? But it's Strange Brigade. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I like the idea of, of changing auto aim as like a, the primary source of adding difficulty because it's just like you have to be physically better at the game, and like that feels fair to me. Like I turn auto aim on pretty high in most games. I I play where precise aiming is required just because it makes my life easier. I don't care to get good at point reticle incorrect spot. This is not a skill I care about. It's not enriching my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I like that. Right. All right. Well, we're at time. So Uh, there was one thing I wanted to, Oh, okay. I know we're at time, but I think you had mentioned having less stuff is important. Um, I do mm-hmm. think that Breath of the Wild is the is the the last open world game that I like loved, and I think part of the reason is that there's not a ton of icons on the map. Um, there are obvious geographically interesting places to go, but you have to use your your brain to sort of like interpret a map which feels much cooler um and then when when you travel there you can encounter loads of bizarre stuff i mean for a game that doesn't have hardly any icons on the map there's what 900 of those little uh jerks who give you seeds korok seeds um like that's an it's it's so dense with stuff but they don't point it all out to you and you're not meant to see it all um so it felt more interesting traversing um two places 
uh, than most open world games I've played have been where it's like, okay, well, there's like seven packages on my route there. So I guess I'll stop every other block and get, get this little additional package or additional whatever the bullshit um, felt like going to the grocery store and going up and down the aisles and getting stuff. Well, and that's a big point too with Horizon and that that separate them from even Spider-Man or a bunch of others is um, the diamonds placed like division two even right like the Mm -hmm. diamonds place take you right to everything and then like if you're playing a boss like the diamond will track the boss as you're watching and fighting you're like the diamond can go away now um (laughs) in horizon there are moments where the diamond does that but often you the diamond will take you to an area so you don't have to like Uh... try to interpret someone's cryptic like shitty directions yeah, but you get to an area, and then it's like it's around here, mm-hmm. and so you have to then engage a bit. And so it's kind of a push and pull between like, okay, we're not going to like just give you a map and say figure it out, but we're also not going to just like let you mindlessly like just follow this thing, right? That's cool. Yeah, I like that. You've convinced me. I think I will eventually play that game at the very least. Um, yeah. Certainly going to be looking at it with more interest because like yeah they, they, nobody had ever really convinced me that it was more than just an open world game with nice fields and dinosaurs which is you know a pretty good pitch but <laughs> it's still not not quite what i needed so that's cool i'm into it the the other strong thing about the game that doesn't play it to being open world at all really is that alloy is one of the best video game protagonists that we've had in a long time also the landscapes based on the colorado mountainscape so i got a little extra kick out of that oh that's cool that's really awesome oh i'm into it yeah you've sold me on it (laughs) uh well cool yeah open world games they're a whole thing i i feel like i could talk about them at length and still not know what i think about most of them because they are so mushy um but it is nice to have a few examples to point to to be like, I love this game and I can tell you a few reasons why. So I'd like to have another one of those. So yeah, um, I I think it's a genre where there's a lot to like, and then there's some obvious design decisions that held it back, especially during like the 360 era that's kind of held over for some of them. But a lot of games are pushing back on now and like pointing out some really obvious fixes that aren't programmatic or I mean, slightly programmatic in that everything in the video games program, right? Not like a, a technological feat or anything, or a graphical, you know, scale up or anything. It's just like, guys, 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 just design your game a little better, right? <laughs> yeah, there there are solutions to many of the the lawnmower sim kind of problems. Yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. Okay. So I think that's it, right? I don't. I think we're good. Yeah, for now, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure we'll come back to it once we pick up Borderlands. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a love hate. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I I love and hate that game in equal yeah. measure. <laughs> so yeah i've uh, that was co-op button thanks for listening everybody uh i you can find me on twitter at it's kenya you can find me on the super nintendo exploration squad uh podcast nest.zone you can find me on the, the pulse wave podcast pulse wave pod on twitter one day it'll have its own website maybe 
where can people do oh, I guess well not on Twitter huh no. <laughs> it's gonna be like that for a while huh <laughs> I guess uh, you can tweet me at untold talks SPMN or listen to my spider-man podcast if you like spider-man or even if you don't poop <laughs> listen to untold talks all right uh, and as we always say, fecal matter and pass on yeah (laughs) that's right (laughs) bye everyone listening everyone the music in this week's episode was the intro was bandetto is the artist it's the demo of a song called nova fire in the middle we listen to the horse riding music from breath of the wild that's that's a zelda game and uh, that song you were just hearing was milky from bomberman hero on the n64 thanks for listening